Grab a cuppa and take a seat. This is the Disability Podcast. So this week on Disability, I'm joined by Indy. This is me, Bethany, and also I am with Maddie, Indy's friend. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Indy's experience with anxiety. So to kick us off, when were you sort of first diagnosed with your anxiety? I think I got the, like the formal di- diagnosis with the doctor in like 2014, late 2013, 2014, I think. I think I kind of knew mm. for a lot. I'd always been very, very anxious and like nervous about things, but it just kind of kept getting worse to the point where my mum was like, we should go and get like seek some help or speak to someone. And what did that kind of like entail at the time? Because you're obviously at school when it happened. So did you get like extra support at school or did you kind of try medication or like sort of CBT or things like that to try and help? I didn't really speak about it at primary school. That was very like, I just kind of knew in my head and I didn't really talk to anyone about it. And then we had like the transition up to high school, which is nerve wracking anyway for anyone. And we, I kind of spoke about it a bit then with like teachers and support staff um there there was a lot of help around I just didn't think I really I don't think I knew I needed it like I didn't reach out for quite a while probably year nine maybe I started to reach out quite a bit and be like I need help I need help with this whatever it was a lot of just like talking to friends or like teachers that knew and like understood I did yeah I didn't reach out for like specific help do you think that was partly because you felt that you had to have that kind of like self-acceptance before you could reach out for that help and also, like, I suppose in a way, like, that deeper understanding of what it was and what would help you in a way? Definitely, I think. So I grew up, like, performing for years and years, and I still do sometimes. And I think what comes with that is, like, you always believe that that person is super confident, is super outgoing and bubbly, which I am. So when you're told that you're, like, you're diagnosed with something which technically is, like, the opposite, you're like, well, I don't, I don't get it. How, how can I be anxious? Because three quarters of my year is spent in rehearsals and up on stage how can I be that do you know what I mean yeah. so it was like self-acceptance and getting used to it and like used to what it meant for me not just anxiety as a general a general thing when you perform and things like that do you get anxious or is it more kind of like the adrenaline that like pushes you forward because I know personally when I've done performances in the past my anxiety doesn't really hit me in that same way and it's really weird because you would think oh that's when your anxiety will be like massive but in reality it's not like that at all no I I mean you get like nervous but every performer gets nervous um unless you've got tons and tons of of experience yes you get like all like you know first night jitters and all that kind of stuff but it never like never affected me and I you know during the week that we do the show or the rehearsals that was when I was at my best Mm -hmm. and I never it never affected me as bad as some people may expect it to. What kind of symptoms do you typically have? A lot of mine are like things that you maybe wouldn't expect. So that's why it took me so long to get used to what they were. Mm-hmm. So like the like stomach ache that for, for no reason, well, you feel like it's no reason at the time. My hands will just shake. Like if I'm anxious, I'll shake. I'll get really kind of, I'll need to be doing something. Mm. So I talking to someone or like doing something in my hands like I don't know but so like awful stomach ache hands will just shake constantly I will either I will 
completely shut down and not want to speak to anyone or I will be super super chatty and I think that's one of my friends they're like what's what we're doing today are we super chatty are we normal are we not talking at all (laughs) so yeah I don't but I don't think anything specifically affects whether I chat loads or whether I shut down I think it's just the day or the situation or whatever and also like pins and needles Mm. that you wouldn't expect yeah pins and needles are really bad especially in like uh, my fingers have your symptoms kind of changed like through time because I've noticed I never suffered with pins and needles and then over the past sort of six months I get pins and needles when I'm really anxious and I'm just yeah. like this has never been a thing for my anxiety before and now suddenly it's the thing that just seems to happen. Because I think well I think before the lockdown I got very kind of like common symptoms where you know the fast kind of heart fast heart rate and the kind of the sweating and stuff and that was very like normal stuff or what you might class as normal and then during the lockdown I started noticing noticing things and I was like and every time they kind of appeared it would be when I was anxious mm-hmm. so I definitely think that over the last kind of well, last year or so new symptoms and like quite often when I have like a a couple of weeks of really bad anxiety like a new symptom will like pop up because it's just like it keeps developing it's like that constant shift in like development yeah. of it and you're like oh another thing yeah another <laughs> thing that I need to constantly be looking out for yeah Maddie how is that as like a friend to kind of see Indigo through that it it's not nice to see but like I know that if I'm there and I can like help her in any way that will just like make it easier for her and just like let's say she is like having a bad day she's like headaches or like stomach aches or like just being nervous as long as I'm there and I'm like talking to her and she's usually all right I think yeah (laughs) and it makes it to make it easier for her and it kind of maybe gets her mind off it if I'm like talking about something else I suppose like that distraction and also that kind of like familiar comfort is always really key when you're like really anxious or you kind of feel like you might have a panic attack or something just having yeah that kind of person there is always really reassuring I think definitely and what I think is really good with me and Maddie is that we you know say we're sat on the train going to college and we're sat on separate tables but if I'm having like a if I'm going into a panic I don't need to say to Maddie I can just look at her and she'll be like and she, you can just see her stand up from her seat and walk over to me and come and sit next to me because she knows <laughs> like we don't need to say to each other like oh I'm so, she just knows through like my eyes and my face and I'll kind of or I'll like I'll wander off into like a new kind of world in my head you know and she can see that happening so that's why I think why the lockdown has been really difficult is because if I'm having mm-hmm. a bad day normally I'd just be like oh where's Maddie and I'd go and find Maddie and like I rely so, you know solely on like talking and being with her so if I do have a bad day I'm like ringing Maddie constantly I'm like let's have a chat what should we talk about <laughs> you know what do you think is like the biggest kind of misconception of anxiety? And you both can answer this one if you like. I think that, right, that if you've got anxiety, you are always nervous, you are shy, you are reserved. And that is definitely not the case at all. I think that's such a <laughs> big misconception. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because like I said, when I got diagnosed, I was like, how? because I'm not shy I'm not this I'm, and it, that took me like a year and a half two years to kind of get used to yeah I think that's probably and also the symptoms I think they are a big myth like that you only if you are anxious you will get a b and c of symptoms and that's not the case at all as obviously we've like all experienced what about you Maddie yeah I would 
definitely agree with the being like a nervous person because India is not that. Out of like most of our friendship group, she is probably one of the com- most confident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like also the idea of like anxiety and that relating back to like panic attacks and like constantly having panic attacks. That's, that's not always it. Sometimes it's literally just a bad day and like stomach aches, headaches and that. And like we've spoken slightly about the lockdowns, but how have you kind of adjusted to living through all these lockdowns that we've experienced and the like uncertainty that is COVID? It's been really strange, isn't it? Because I think the first lockdown, I think the first couple of weeks were genuinely like everyone was kind of like, oh, this is weirdly nice. Like no one's having to stress too much about like going to college or work and stuff. There was a little, for maybe two or three weeks, people were like, oh, I don't mind this. Like, I'm not having to get up super early. I'm not having to, but that very quickly kind of disappeared. I remember maybe for three or four, three or four weeks, maybe in the first lockdown, I kind of felt like I wouldn't want to get up. I wouldn't want to get showered. I didn't want to go for walks and stuff. I think it is really difficult. Cause I think you do in these situations where there isn't, you're not going out and you're not able to do, you do kind of just get stuck in this kind of like, way of not getting up and not you know wanting to even wanting to communicate with the rest of your household you do kind of just get stuck in your room but then I think I started to get a bit of a routine in the first lockdown and I'd do my work and then I'd go on to like our zoom calls and then I'd go for a walk so my day just kind of like I'd start to routine my day and that worked really well for the rest of the first lockdown and I went back to school and college and that was great. And I kind of, again, the routine and, you know, that I've gone to train at half seven in the morning and I then get home to half six, but it filled my day and that was what I needed. And then we had that like mini lockdown, didn't we? That, like four week lockdown, which was, I think, really strange because although I think we saw it coming, I think it ended quicker than we expected. We kind of like it happened and I think you just lose yourself in it. You lose yourself in like the news and the, the college work and the, you know there's a, you kind of lose yourself in the lockdown but I think this third one has definitely been really difficult because I think everyone just expected like new year fresh start kind of thing I expected to go back to college I expected it just to become easier and it really it just got like 10 times worse so I think this third lockdown has definitely been the hardest to kind of get through I'd agree with that I think partly as well because it's been really like just winter And the first one, it was kind of like spring and going into summer and you could go outside more and you could see your friends from a distance and you had more flexibility. Whilst now it's just cold and dark and just really miserable and it just kind of matches the whole mood and you're just like, oh, it just feels like it won't ever end. And it's that like repetitive, like mundane kind of cycle not good really no. not at all. I mean me and my friend tried to go for a walk the other night but we did go to socially distance of course but we went we had to go during the evening because we'd been at college all day and stuff and we we're like oh this really isn't like it's great to see each other but this is we couldn't see where we were going like it was pitch black <laughs> we couldn't see anything so it does it, the winter has definitely affected it how have you coped with like the change of everything because I know for me personally my anxiety a lot of it is based around change and like not being able to control things or like have a plan of what may happen kind of thing so have you struggled with that uncertainty definitely I think Maddie will probably agree with this something that I struggle with the most is uncertainty if I don't know what's happening I will panic Mm. (laughs) there's an awful (laughs) let me give you an, uh, an example me and Maddie went to London to see a show 
Uh, we went with my family and we were sat in this restaurant and I knew we had to be at the theatre. I like to be at the theatre like 10 past seven if the show starts half seven. And I'm sat here like having this meal. I'm like watching the clock. I'm like, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go. And I'm starting to get like really kind of, not anxious, but kind of like, we need to go. We need to be at the theatre. I don't want to like be late or anything. And so I like force everyone out of their seats. And I'm like, right, we're going, come on. And we turn the corner and there's the theatre. Because I didn't know that, because I didn't know, I was so uncertain about where I had to be and where I had to go. I do, I get really, really anxious. So I think during this lockdown, my family will, yeah, you know, agree with this. I keep asking as if they're going to know the answers. When am I going back to school? When am I doing this? When can I, when can I see Maddie? When can I do that? When can I? And they're like, I don't, we don't know. No one knows. But I do keep asking questions because I hate the thought of not knowing. So I think it is really, really difficult. Change, I think the change and uncertainty are kind of different because I'm used, you know, we've kind of been in this around a year now. So I'm used to things changing constantly and the rules changing and the, you know, every, everything changes. But I think the uncertainty is really difficult. And something difficult to get your head around. Definitely. So for your anxiety now, do you um, ever take like any medication for it at all? I have no idea what year this was, but I was really struggling with like my sleep due to due to my anxiety. And the doctor put me on essentially some tablets that would kind of help me feel drowsy and kind of like I wanted to go to sleep, which they really, really helped. But I've always been very like, I don't want to, I found that I even back then I was probably maybe 13, 14, and I started to rely on these things. Like I couldn't, it was part of and, it was really like strict in my head. I had to take this tablet. If I didn't take this tablet, I wasn't going to sleep. Mm. If I wasn't, you know, and then, but that isn't a healthy way to be. So since then, I've kind of always wanted to go down other routes. So I'm not currently on any med- any medication, and I think, yeah, I think I re- I would rely on it too much that it would become potentially make me more like make me worse because I just rely on this like one tablet to help me sleep or to help me feel it's anxious during the day and stuff so I think there's a lot of stigma around medication as well because up until recently I've never been on medication for anxiety and I've never even really considered it but I kind of got to the point personally where I thought there isn't really another option for me right now so like one of the questions I had for the doctors was will I be addicted to this will it be hard to come off of this because that's the kind of impression you get from like the media and like wider society but she was like no like you won't get addicted I can already tell you that and like you can just sort of have it for when you need it and she used that classic example of like if you break your leg you would get it fixed and your mind is no different so you need to like look after yourself and have that self-care and I was really quite surprised by how nice she was because other experiences I've had at my surgery personally have not been good with mental health like I spoke to one doctor and she kind of like laughed when I mentioned my anxiety and I was like it's not funny like I'm diagnosed with having anxiety and like even bringing the doctors for me is anxious like you're on the the weight like the music and you're like oh god oh god oh god like I hate bringing people anyway that I don't know and that like stress you get So like in terms of medication, I think you kind of have to do what works for you and anxiety in general. I think you go along and you kind of find those coping mechanisms as you like understand it more. I think I've learned by understanding my own anxiety 
further I can understand how to counteract it so I suppose my question in a long way is do you have like certain coping mechanisms that you try to like put into place when you can tell that you're getting a lot more anxious I think a lot of people with anxiety will kind of you know be the same I think music is huge like I'm into my music anyway regardless of whether I was ever diagnosed with anxiety but whatever kind of it doesn't matter what genre it is doesn't matter what soundtrack it is if I've got my headphones in I will 99% of the time be calmer and kind of in a very chilled out zone you know I think music is huge I think I've, I've got to the point where I when I can like feel it coming on I'm like no I'm not doing we're not going there India I kind of talked I talk myself out of it and I'm like you know the other night really late I could feel myself getting anxious and I was like I'm not doing this we're not we're not doing this at like 2am in the morning you know we're not going there we can't go there and you kind of you know this won't work for everyone but I do talk myself out of it and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't and you kind of I think if you catch yourself getting to that point quick enough you can talk yourself out of it but sometimes you just completely miss that and so music um always right stay hydrated it sounds really really like simple but I've always got a bottle of water I'm the one friend in the friendship group actually who's always got a drink on them <laughs> always and like surround yourself with people and things that you you love what you know and even if that is a friend or that's you know a tv show that you love to watch then go and watch the tv show do you know what I mean take time out for yourself mm. I think people with anxiety especially if you're at college or at your work you will put pressure on yourself to finish projects or finish you know take time out for yourself and I think that's a really important way of coping is taking time for yourself and staying hydrated and listening to music <laughs> self-care yay <laughs> I love it I mean, we're all guilty of not doing it but it's it is one of the key aspects of looking after yourself definitely it plays a big part I think can you think of like any true representations of anxiety you've seen within the media at all? Oh, that's a very good question. Thanks. <laughs> um, I think I think it's really difficult because if you're talking kind of through a TV show and the performances of actors and stuff like that, there have been a couple of incredible storylines on. I don't want to put myself out there and watch as watching this TV show, but we're going to do it. Um, I remember probably quite a few years ago now, but in Emmerdale, there was a storyline of kind of depression and anxiety. And I can't remember the character's name, but he he portrayed it in a way that, I mean, at the time I was kind of only discovering that I'd got anxiety. So it kind of didn't really, at the time, I didn't match myself up. None of the, you don't really think about it. But when you kind of see clips of it now, I'm like, it's probably one of the best performances that I've seen personally. I think it's difficult though, with that, especially with anxiety, because everyone's anxiety is different. So when the media and TV shows and films and stuff try and portray it, they can only really ever portray the kind of stereotypical side of anxiety. Yeah. They won't, yeah. you know, unless they've done crazy amounts of research and talked to, you know, 10, 20 people, because even from 10 and 20 people, you're gonna get a, a huge list of different kind of symptoms and ways of coping. I think it's difficult for the media, but I think that's something that going forward, the media need to kind of bear in mind and kind of um, do their research. And because not everyone is the same, 
you know I think that's really important <coughs> see anything like that's kind of really linked to me through but that's going to be difficult because everyone's different precisely I think that's something you need to remember as well as like just in general everyone's different so you might see things that you kind of relate with but there's other things you might not necessarily get one show I watched um recently was Happy Valley and like Sarah Lancashire in that like the way she like expresses like depression and I was just took my breath away honestly like I've never seen something that was so accurate on screen and I was just like she just gets it and she portrayed it in a way I don't think I've ever really seen before and I was just like yes I think it is nice when you see that clearly oh yeah again I had watched that but I think with actors like her I think they are they find it important to do their research so even if the show hasn't maybe Mm. the actor will then go out and do their research into what and I think you can tell like you know I think you can really tell massively do you think that like discussions around mental health and how it's taught in like schools and colleges is like changing for the better I think I think slowly it is I don't think it's taught a lot in high school really I don't remember a lot of discussion around it and you know when I kind of started to speak to my friends about how I felt and the anxiety that I felt. It felt massive. It felt like a really big thing for me to do, but it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It should just be easy for people to kind of say to their friends, look, this is why this happens. And this is why this happens. And this is why I have to leave the class. You know, it shouldn't be a big thing that people feel pressure to kind of talk about. I think at college, it's really difficult because it's such a, from high school, it's such a different kind of, experience you don't have that kind of you you have to be more independent there are people you know at every college there are people that you know students can go and talk to and stuff and you have we kind of there's a you know world mental health day is a big kind of day at college and you know they try to get everyone to communicate but I think it does we I've never I don't think I've ever once sat down in a lesson and had the whole lesson really maybe once or twice throughout both high school and college have the whole lesson be about mental health and and not just kind of here's where you can go and get help mm. like kind of talking about it because it, it doesn't get spoken about I don't know what you guys think but I don't think it get you know we are getting there very very slowly but I think it could be, could be moving quicker I think it's definitely improved but I think because it was so bad to begin with there's just such a long way to go but I do kind of wonder if the response of the lockdowns and everything like a lot of people have suffered with mental health who have never suffered before if because so many people have now suffered it's more in the forefront and there may be more developments from it because I think after Covid is hopefully finished that'll be the big crisis that needs to be addressed yeah I mean I don't think I've spoken to a single person during this lockdown who hasn't had an anxious day everyone has been anxious everyone has you know been worried but you know and this has affected everyone so I think yeah like you said I think this is the kind of push that not just schools but but you know bigger kind of like the government and stuff they need to kind of put some support behind it because I think you know once we've kind of been able to deal with covid and get that you know sorted as such you know we don't know where that's going to lead but we're then going to be left with 
millions of people across the country suffering with mental health and that will be another you know if we don't start to deal with it now it will be another issue that the government have to deal with um so I think yeah the support does need to kind of kick in soon so how many of your other friends have anxiety within like your group at all if we're talking there's three of us right there's three that are very like there's very close like we are very close um I think I think I notice it in all three of us at times you know I know when Maddie's having a bad day or I know when our other friend Sapphire is having a bad day so from my understanding I believe I'm the only one that's been like formally diagnosed I don't know but but everyone has their days and their weeks and their months you know everyone has it so but I think because there is if you're talking just the three of us we are all able to support each other because we all to a degree know what it feels like so yes yes and no yes because everyone gets anxious everyone gets anxious and has their bad days and I think during the lockdown I've definitely noticed it more in my friends Maddie would you say there are like particular sort of warning signs with Indy when you can tell she's gonna like (laughs) go into yeah I, I would say definitely she becomes less well less chatty usually sometimes she does get more chatty but most of the time it is less chatty she'll sit by herself she'll put her headphones in and she'll just end up like staring somewhere and then I'm like need to go check on India there (laughs) and I think she just becomes a little bit more reserved but if I get her talking again then we're back track usually (laughs) And how Indy just said about she's the only one that has that diagnosis, is that something that you would like to have? Or do you feel that, because diagnoses are very like difficult things because sometimes it's like having a label on yourself and (laughs) you're then like the anxious person and all of that. But would you like to kind of go down that route in the future or is it kind of? It maybe would be nice to know. But at the same time, I'm I'm okay with the not knowing and just like say I do have a bad day. I like even during this lockdown, I've I'm eighty percent sure I've had a panic attack during this lockdown because the not being able to breathe in that. But um, I'm okay with just having the, those bad days and then just moving forward. And it I like the unknowing. That's a little bit, but. To be honest, I'm okay with that. I just that's just who I am, and that happens sometimes. I think there's like a major, not necessarily between me and Maddie. Sometimes people who have been diagnosed with anxiety, if they have a bad day, that will then lead them to like a potentially a bad month or a bad two months. That one day can. I know with me, if I like, if my heart's going funny because I'm having a bad day, or like. I start to get these aches and pains. Maddie knows that that can then lead me to not sleeping for weeks and months and not concentrating. And I think that is maybe a slight difference in that, you know, some people, especially during the lockdown, again, not some people have a bad day and then they wake up the next day and they feel maybe a little bit more refreshed or not necessarily the next day, but the next couple of days they feel refreshed or, you know. But I think people who have been diagnosed with anxiety, sometimes that one bad day can lead them to a bad month or two do you know what I mean mm. because it just, they, because their anxiety is it just leads them down this kind of like track of what's wrong with me why do I feel like this you know why does this hurt why does that hurt why I've got a headache but that that can go on for 
I get this like anxious lump in my throat, which I convince myself is an actual like lump of something, which it isn't. But but that can stay around even if I feel fine. Even if I'm, I'm not anxious. I'm not this. But if I've had a bad day, that can stay for like a good week, week and a half. Just this awful like feeling in my throat. Also with India, there's like I think she gets concerned. Like if she's becoming more anxious, she'll then think something's like physically wrong with her. Like oh my god, I've got like <laughs> my yeah. throat hurts, or oh my god, my side really, really hurts, and that can happen. I think recently, I don't know if you mind me saying, but it happened for about three, four weeks that she kept saying her side was hurting. And I kept trying to reassure her, I'm sure you're, it's okay, you're right. But yeah, <laughs> so it that's, was, I yeah. think, another clear kind of sign that India is becoming more anxious is when she starts going, oh, no, this is wrong, this is wrong. But then as soon as I'm like, okay, calm down. If it's that wrong, you should go see doctor. And then India's like, I don't know if it's that wrong, though. And then I'm like, yeah. okay, right. So this is where we need to calm down. Then. Yeah, I think... When I get myself into that state, I don't know if you, like, I think the pain almost becomes worse because yeah. you're just constantly, and it is on your mind 24-7. I haven't, you know, I think the last week or so I've been a lot more kind of relaxed and just getting on with life and, you know, going for your walks and doing what you can. And I haven't had any of that. I haven't had all oh, this hurts, that hurts. So I think, yeah, when you kind of get yourself into that state, the pain becomes worse because you are just 24-7 thinking about why and you start imagining things and when and when you start imagining these things these things kind of like appear I've definitely had that in the past like and I look back when I was a lot younger as well and like how you're saying about stomach aches and things like that I used to have them constantly and I used to have really bad headaches and I would just think it's my body but looking back I know it's anxiety and I think sometimes it's hard though to sort of tell the difference between what is anxiety and what is like illness because you're like, is this my anxiety or am I actually unwell? And you're kind of trying to figure out which one it is. Do you sometimes like if you're having like a really good spell of like not really having any anxiety, do you sometimes then start thinking like, why am I not anxious? And like you can't enjoy the good times because you're like, but I need to be anxious. Like, I think there is part of that in me. I don't know. I don't know if Maddie would agree, but I think, you know, when we go out, say me and Maddie are going out somewhere or like the three of us, I am very kind of like, I don't really care. I may be more, I'm definitely the mum of the group. Let's put it that way. I'm definitely a bit more like, guys, maybe we shouldn't do this crazy stuff, you know? So I think maybe that is, you know, I think I am the mum of the group, but maybe that's led by my anxiety. Like very, not maybe, I'm not anxious about anything happening, but I think maybe it just kind of is ticking in my brain kind of thinking oh maybe we shouldn't do that or like what should we but I also know how to kind of just chill out and have fun and but uh, yeah I can kind of when I'm having fun I kind of get to the end of the night or whatever I'm doing or if I'm out for a day I'm like oh why why didn't I get anxious about that situation or why didn't I get anxious about that and the same with the pains if I don't feel the pain I'm like oh my god why why do I not feel anything now <laughs> do I need to like panic now because I don't feel anything and it's a really vicious cycle that is really difficult to get out of. Have you got any kind of like particular advice both of you would like to give to the listeners at all? I think so, this is something that I'm still learning, but like, and we spoke about it briefly earlier, like taking time for yourself and like self care. It's so important. 
I think you can just get lost in like life and the news and which isn't the most positive stuff at the moment, you know, try and also try and stay away from the news. I follow, am I allowed to, yeah, I follow this incredible page on Instagram called uh, Simple Politics. I don't watch the news anymore because I can't. Um, and they, they're an incredible page that just sum everything up, you know, that you've got the 5 p.m. briefings at the moment. And instead of having to sit through that and watch that, they give you five or six bullet points of the most important things that everyone kind of needs to know. I think so try and stay away from the news, but also at the same time, this is a really hard balance to get. Be aware of what's going on. Mm. Don't kind of, because I think when you, when I, you know, stopped watching the news, but wasn't on like the Simple Politics Instagram page, I was starting to imagine what was going on in the outside world and like how bad things were getting. And you don't want that either. Be aware of what's going on, but don't lose yourself in the news. And I think, yeah, like and it's part of self-care, but like surround yourself with things and people that you love because, you know, it is, it is the most, probably one of the most important things. And, to, and talk, if you are like, if you haven't yet spoken to people about your mental health, talk to people about it people are willing to listen people want to help whether that's a teacher or a friend or a parent or you know a, an adult that you trust or anyone that you trust go and speak to people because people do want to help people are willing to help because that is a difficult step to take but it was in the long you know in the long run it's really going to really going to help you I would agree about the whole news thing like I felt early on that I didn't really want to be connected to that kind of news and just the way they have the constant figures and they're not even people they're just statistics and it's just a lot to kind of try and engage with and I often get either my dad or my best friend to tell me the important things so like how you were saying you're still informed but you're not in that world which can create like make your anxiety 10 times worse so you've got that like good balance which I think is I mean in the first lockdown like they're doing now they were doing the like every day they're doing 5 p.m briefings and I sat every day because my mom you know my my mom was at home because she's at work now my mom was at home and dad was at home we all sat around watching the news and just constantly on the like the breaking news but in the kind of it was this many people have died this many people are in hospital this many people have got covid and it was just these constant huge figures that no one, that can't be good for anyone to be reading a daily. No. It can't no. have a positive, you know, effect on anyone to be reading those kind of awful numbers. So I think, yeah, take yourself away from the news. But in whichever way you find best, be aware of what's going on. How have you found the, like, have your family and obviously your friends as well and Maddie and everyone, have they been like, really supportive throughout your like diagnosis and like adjusting to things and have they all kind of been there for you or have you had like mixed experiences my family my family are incredibly supportive I think they they still to this day if I'm having a really bad time they maybe find it a little bit difficult to kind of see it and kind of see me going through what I go through the sleepless nights and like recently I wouldn't go to sleep if I wasn't with someone else so I'd have to be downstairs I wouldn't even sleep I'd just sit and watch tv mm. because and that that really affects them do you know what I mean because they have to be up with me because I wouldn't just my brain wouldn't switch off I'd panic I'd worry I'd but they're incredibly supportive I mean and then when you kind of move from my like 
immediate family, my mom and my dad and my sister. My sister, again, she's qu quite young. She's kind of the age I was when I got diagnosed. So I don't think she fully understands it because I've never wanted to kind of like talk to her about what caused it and what, you know, she sees it happen. And if I'm having a bad day and if I'm crying, like she'll ask questions. But I try not to kind of fill her head with like bad and negative things. Mum and dad are incredibly supportive and Ruby is. She kind of, you know, when she can be, she is. And then when you kind of move out of that, when you talk, you're talking about grandparents and stuff, I think it's really difficult because my grandparents' generation, you, you got, you know, they don't, they weren't, mental health wasn't a thing. Like having a bad mental health wasn't in their generation, it, it, well, it was, but it wasn't discussed. Um, and so I've never really, it's maybe come up with my nan two or three times and every time it's come up it's not that she's not supportive she just doesn't get it no. it doesn't you know it doesn't make sense to her so I think with that generation and talking about bad mental health or mental health in general it, it's a real kind of kind of a difficult thing for, to talk about um but my family are incredibly supportive my friends are I've paused like I'm gonna say they're not supportive of course they are um, Maddie wouldn't be if she wasn't um but yeah, again, I think they maybe see it differently to like my family. I probably open up to my friends more than I do my family. And Maddie, Mad, especially Maddie and I are now kind of at the point where we we kind of call each other sisters, but not really. We don't even call each other friends anymore. We're <laughs> just kind of like very open about most things. And I hope you, we're very supportive of each other. You know, we kind of, we get each other. And then when you kind of, my other friend Sapphira is, she's the one to make us laugh. If me and Maddie are having a bad day, Sapphira is guaranteed to make you laugh. Um, whether that be something just stupid that she does or like the, her laugh is contagious as well. Sapphira's got the most incredible laugh that it will brighten anyone's day. So they, they get it and they are supportive and I'm very lucky. I know that I'm incredibly lucky to have friends and family around me who get it and are supportive. I suppose like removing that kind of taboo around it which maybe your grandparents generation had and that like lack of understanding as well and having more knowledge of it and being able to now discuss things more openly with your friends and stuff kind of shows how far things have come in a sense um, and how important it is to discuss mental health and like share experiences because other people may realize oh well I've experienced something like that and I never knew that that is what it was and it's really good to like share things because other people don't then feel alone so I think definitely yeah. speaking about things is really important yeah 100% so before we kind of end the episode I just wondered if there was anything else either of you would like to kind of add Maddie, Maddie looks like she's waiting to say something oh I'll, I'll, I'll say well I'll just like you do have a friend or someone you know someone close to you that does suffer from anxiety I would just try and make sure that you're there for them as much as you possibly can be and they know that let's say because sometimes I'm at the moment I've got a terrible phone <laughs> and I'm not it's not doing well on like calls and stuff but I just want it like I try to make sure that India knows that I've seen that she's called me and if she needs anything she can tell me like maybe through message if I can't call and just making sure they know that you're completely open to hearing whatever's happening and like yeah just be supportive basically but yeah I think like I don't want to be you know 
cheesy but um I do think like my whole experience with anxiety and kind of getting to like getting to 18 was a big milestone for me it is for everyone but like but it would have been completely different without people like Maddie I don't really know if I would have coped as well as I have and like what's really nice is I think I keep saying it surround yourself with people that are important to you and that understand and that are supportive and speak out even if you are even if you've just had one bad day talk about it talk because you know speaking about that one bad day could prevent you from having another however many bad days do you know what I mean and I think don't be worried about if you are diagnosed with anxiety don't let that don't worry about that like don't let it control you because I think it is very easy to kind of be like the doctor tell you right you're diagnosed with anxiety and then for you to be like well I'm and to label yourself which is you know and I kind of again it took me a couple of years like not to be that kind of person and just to be me and then if I have a bad day and a bad month then I have that and you kind of get through it but don't let it overtake this other kind of other life that you have that you know because when you look at it I maybe have if we're talking really bad kind of anxiety type maybe three or four a year well why would I let that ruin the rest of the year which is incredible and you know so try to kind of try and keep this I don't know if this is the best advice try for me try and keep it separate to deal with it and let the times let them you know let the bad times come and deal with them and and then go back to normal life and kind of do normal things and enjoy life I think what I always try to tell myself is the bad times will end and good times will come again. So like for me, my anxiety is like a roller coaster constantly. And it's important when you're in like a bad mindset to think that there'll be a good point coming, even if you can't see it. So I think to kind of focus on that like positive aspect, even when you can't really see it at the time, is like quite a powerful sort of tool to try and use really. Definitely. I think it's, yeah, even when you are feeling awful, try and pinpoint something that's coming up that you're looking forward to or, you know, because there will be something, there'll be something to aim for and to look for. Definitely. Thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode of Disability. My guests have been Indy and Maddie, and we've been discussing all about Indy's experience with anxiety and Maddie's slightly too. So... Stay tuned for some more great episodes coming soon. This is the Disability Podcast.